All right, we're in our series on Believe. I want to thank Pastor Heron. Wonderful job last week. Uh, Essentially what we're doing, we're establishing what we believe, why we believe it, and and getting to a place where we can articulate that. And we're going in a systematic way. It's actually, we're kind of following the general paths of systematic theology. So it all kind of has a logical order to it. And last week, Pastor Hedon shared with you about the fall of man, our our sin nature, the first Adam, Jesus coming as the second Adam. And we're going to kind of pick up from there tonight. Um, In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, and I'm going to be over here a lot. I've got so much that's going to be on the screen tonight, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Okay, so kind of do like this. But Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man, who was that man? Adam. Adam, Sin. Everybody say sin. Sin Sin entered the world and death through sin. And thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Because all sinned. So... Sin entered, and then sin opened the door for death. Now, death is not just physical death, because God said in the day that you sin, you're going to eat of this, you're going to die. Well, he, didn't, he didn't die in that day physically. It took 900 and something years, uh, however that's measured, uh, for him to die. But he began to at that point, and, and everything began to change. Death also, by definition in the Hebrew means, uh, and, and corresponding to the Greek there, is separation. It's separation. So separation from God happened. What happened after sin and God brought judgment to them? What did he do? Where did he move them? Out of the garden. Y'all here? Okay, moved them out. Uh, Old joke, but Adam told the kids, your mother ate us out of house and home. But anyway, that's a... It's probably not even a good joke. But sin is not just an act. Sin is not just an action. Sin is a force. It's a force. And it resides in our lower nature, in our fallen nature. Now, we have a new nature through Jesus, but we still have to deal with our fallen nature. Hello? Okay. Now, sin ruins. Uh, you don't have to live very long or look around very, very much to see that sin ruins. Once sin enters a situation, it ruins Things. It, it pollutes, it ruins, it poisons. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, a familiar verse, it says, For all, everybody say all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody has sinned. In Ecclesiastes seven twenty, it says that uh, no single person always does good and never sins. In 1 John 1, 8, it says that if we say that we do not have sin, we, we say that God is a liar. So we've all sinned. Everybody's sinned. We've all sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. Man, and in our culture, even more and more, tries to dismiss sin, uh, tries to reframe it, tries to redefine it. That's what man constantly does. You just watch it. It's, it's more and more in the news even now. They just, if we don't like something or something's not going our way, we just try to reword it. It happened even during um, campaigns uh, where the Nazi movement came from. They started to re name and reframe and redefine things to shape people's thinking it's it's throughout history and it's in our day in our time our day as well that we just want to do it so now people instead of saying well no you don't feel guilty because you did that it's because you were probably raised religious it's just because your mom and dad kind of put that thinking on you just kind of warped part of your brain you shouldn't feel bad about doing this stuff and that's out there 
That's out there, and that's not new. That's not new. But sin is sin. And sin is actually an archery term, and it means to miss the mark. To miss the mark. And so it's like, you know, I'm trying to hit the target. How many of you are trying to hit the target? We're trying to hit the target, but when we miss the mark in whatever way that is, that actually is sin. Now, in 1 John 3, 4, and don't worry, we've got really good news tonight, okay? 1 John 3, 4 says, whoever commits sin, well, who would that be? All, all, everybody. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and then it gives us a definition here. Sin is what? Sin is lawlessness. Now, what law are we talking about? How many of you have have exceeded the speed limit since uh, Valentine's? Okay. Yes, that's included because that's man's laws and we're to honor man's laws. Okay. But sin that we're talking about here ultimately and, and primarily is this. It's against God's nature. It's against God's standards. And whenever we do something against God's standards, and, and I hope you got your copy of God's standards. And this is why we've got to hide this in our heart. And we'll talk about that in just a few moments here. But whenever we do something where we miss the mark, it's not up to God's standards. And, and speaking of God's standards, we don't even keep our own standards. You know, the other, the other night, you know, and, and vacation, I think you should eat on vacation. I think you should eat anyway. You know what I'm doing after service tonight? I'm going to go eat. But we, uh, we one night, and I won't go into the whole story. I was toward the end of vacation, and I thought, you know, I, I can't keep eating like this. And my daughter said, can we go to Krispy Kreme? And then it had the hot now sign on. How many of you know you just... Right? Don't lie to me. How many of you know you... And I thought, no, I'm not having any. I'm not having any. And long story short, I can't go into it all right now. Suddenly all our phones went off. Uh, Tornado warning, seek immediate shelter. Well, we had the donuts. Everybody say, praise the Lord. And I'd already said, I'm not not eating any of these tonight. And so we just pulled into a, a little hotel there. And ran into the lobby because our phones were going off. Seek immediate shelter. And so we, we all ran in there and the manager would come on in, come on in. And ended up four or five different families, you know, shelter there. But we're sitting there and I, I said to them, this could be our last meal. My point, we don't even keep our own standards. Yeah. So we all sin. We all sin. Okay, forget about that now. Forget about donuts, okay? Here's the deal. Sin is the problem. Jesus is the answer. Okay? And and listen, I'm not being religious. I'm telling you the bottom line truth. What's the problem? Sin. Well, do we have any hope? Do we have any answer at all? We do. Jesus is the answer. Everybody just say that. Jesus is the answer. In Matthew one twenty one, and we saw it coming. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. It means Jehovah brings salvation. Salvation is of God. His name, you shall call his name Jesus for or because he will what? 
Save his people from their sins. Somebody say thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, what I want to do tonight, and I'm going to be back and forth a whole lot. I'll go ahead and warn you, I've already apologized to Terry, who's doing the scriptures and stuff behind the scenes. I've got her overloaded tonight. I want to talk to you tonight about sin and the Christian. Sin and the Christian. And what happens when we as Christians sin? And there's a lot of views on that. There's perfectionism, which is, you know, we're going to get to a place, we're going to attain a state where we do not sin. In heaven, you're not going to make that happen here. And then here's a big word, antinomianalism. I think I even messed it up. And it means this, that because Jesus is taking care of sin, uh, it doesn't matter. We can live lawless. That's error too. And so we've got to find out what does scripture say? What do we believe based on God's authoritative word? What do we believe about this? Let's look at a couple verses here. Romans chapter 6 verse 2. And I really recommend you read the book of Romans. And you're going to get into what's called the the treetops of the whole New Testament in chapter 6, 7, and 8. It's just the, it's the high part of it all. It's a certainly not, and that's related to the previous verse. How shall we who died to sin? Now let's identify we. Paul is writing to Christians at Rome. Okay? So we get to be a part of the we. Okay? Everybody say we is we. Okay. How shall we who died to sin? How did we die to sin? When we were... When we were raised to life in Christ Jesus. How, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So we do have a way out of sin. Look down here in verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. There's some phrasing in the Greek that it is sin does not. It does not have dominion over you. For you are not under law but under grace. If we were in the perfection of law, there's no way. But the grace helps us. And we are freed from the power and the dominion of sin. Sin does not, and I'm going to have you say this in a moment here because a lot of you don't realize this. Sin does not have dominion over you. I want you to say this. Sin does not have dominion over me. Let me give you a little other parenthetical thing here too. Scripture reveals that you're under no obligation to the flesh to fulfill the lust of the flesh. You don't have to do what your body is saying. We want to do this. I didn't have to eat that donut. I didn't have to. So in Christ, everybody say in Christ. In Christ, sin no longer has dominion over us. But we still can and still do Sin. How many of you have sinned since Valentine's? Since Tuesday. Okay. Um, So here's our big question, and I'm going to roll on this because I want to make sure we land at the place I feel the Lord wants us to tonight. Here's the big question. What happens when a Christian sins? What happens when a Christian sins? First of all, and I don't have time to go into all of this, and there's a bunch on this. Our legal standing, our legal status, our relationship with God remains unchanged. Okay? Do you hear that? Yes. Uh, Romans 8.1, let's look here. The A portion is, for there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay. 
Now, I am never for a millisecond tonight giving you any license to sin. Okay? 1 John 2, 1 says, These things I write to you, brethren, that you sin not. But if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he's the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. But he said, I'm writing this to you that you don't sin. So our goal is not to. Okay? But how many of you know we still do? So we've got to wrestle this to the ground and figure out what happens when I do. What happens when I do? When you do, and, and this is no license to continue in sin, but when you do, your status with God remains unchanged. Okay? You are still his child. Okay, remember that sin has to do with I did not keep his standard. Well, guess what? All of my children, and I'm so proud of all of my children, but there have been times that all of my children have failed to keep my standard or their mother's standard. And we don't take their name away. We don't say you're no longer my kid. We don't run them off. They still are. Now, we got some things to deal with. But you are still my child. And perfect behavior was not what made you become his child in the first place. He knew you were flawed when he got you. When he paid for you. So understand that. And not for a millisecond. And am I saying it's okay for you to sin? It's not. Sin's the problem. Jesus came to fix that. Why would we continue in sin? The whole Bible is about don't, don't, and don't. But yet we still do. So what happens with that? The first thing you've got to know, you've got to know this, that your status remains the same with the Lord. Understand this too, and there's a bulk of scripture on this. All sin, everybody, everybody say all sin. All sin. sin. Watch this. Past, present, future has been paid for. Now, I, I can't even fully comprehend. All sin, past, everybody, all sin, past present and future paid for in full and somebody had to and it was going to be you and I having to pay and the wages of sin is what? death but Jesus Christ came paid it Jesus paid it all he paid that debt that, that you and I created. Let's, let's look at a couple of verses. There's more on this, but first Corinthians 15, three, Paul says, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Go ahead. Uh, Hebrews seven, uh, 27, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices. Hold right there just for a moment. Old Testament prior to the cross. Prior to the cross, the priests were having to constantly offer up sacrifices for sin. Okay? Let's continue with the next part of the verse. First for his own sins, the the priest would, and then for the people's sins. For this he did once, he, capital H, this is Jesus. For this he did once for all. Everybody say once for all. Once for all. Say it again. Once for all when he offered up himself. So instead of the constant sacrifices in the temple that were having to be made for sins, when Jesus came, Jesus did it once and for all. He did it once and for all. That was it. Amen. Now, uh, Hebrews 9, 12. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his... 
And that's reference to those sacrifices. But with his own blood, he entered the most holy place, not a tabernacle that was like the holy place, but the most holy place. Here it is again, once for all, say it, once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And the phrasing of this in the Greek, this is a permanent thing. All sins, everybody say all sins. Past, present, future, paid for, paid for. Are we to continue in sin? No. What happens when we sin? Our position in Christ remains the same, but there are consequences. And I want us to look at these consequences, and you're going to be able to bob your head on every one of these consequences. First of all, first one right here, it displeases the Father. It displeases the Father. We lose a sense of the fear of God. And when we choose to go our own way, when we choose to do something opposite or beside his standards, or we ignore him, it displeases the Father. This should be a huge motivator for you to not sin. Well, you know, I've got, I've got a mind just to go over there and tell this guy. But if that displeases the Father, I'm going to let it go. See, and it should be a motivator. It displeases the Father. Another uh, consequence, fellowship is disrupted. Fellowship is disrupted. And, and sin, I'm just going to, I'm just, think this, just list. Think of your areas in your life, okay? Don't be thinking about other people. Oh, I wish so-and-so was here. They really need this message. Yeah. No, it's you. It's you. Fellowship is disrupted. When you're partaking in sin, when you're, uh, involved in sin, you're not fellowshipping with God. It's disrupted. It's disrupted. You still have a relationship, but you break, you break fellowship at that point. Uh, third thing, sense of unrighteousness comes on you. And I'm going to tell you what is noticeable. And it's not guilt. That's different. It's not shame. That's different. It's a sense of unrighteousness. First uh, John talks about We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? All what? Unrighteousness. But you can feel it. You feel it on you. You get a bad attitude. You get out of sorts with somebody. You start acting out. You start going back to what you used to do or hanging with the crew or whatever you're doing. And you know, you can feel it on you. And it's not guilt. Guilt's there. It's not shame. This is something different. This is a sense of unrighteousness that comes on you. Next is this, it hinders the Holy Spirit's work in our life. It hinders the Holy Spirit's work in our life. Uh, 1 Thessalonians talks about quenching the Spirit in the context of the same kind of thing. Ephesians talks about grieving the Spirit. And and I'm going to unfold a little bit more on that here in just a moment. Uh, Related to hindering the the Holy Spirit's work in our life is, is this. It drains, go to the next one if you would, drains our peace. It drains our peace. One of the ways that you know things are good with you and God is peace. And this drains our peace. And you know what? He paid a high price so that you could have peace. And you should pay attention to the peace meter for a lot of different reasons. And one of the reasons is you'll know that I have unconfessed sin in my life and it drains our peace. This is where guilt enters. This is where shame enters. And I don't have a lot of time to 
to spend on just this part, but I've got to go there here for a moment. Part of the reason that hinders the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, and it drains us of peace, you get this, it's because it exposes, everybody get this, it exposes the Holy Spirit to something unholy. Paul spent a lot of time, especially in 1 Corinthians, talking about, don't you know that your body is what? The temple of what? Holy Spirit. He clearly says the Holy Spirit lives in you. Are y'all here? He dwells in you. He lives in you. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says this, that how can you, then you as a person, and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, you are members of Christ's body. And it gives us an example. This is not the only example, but it gives us an example. Then how can you join part of Christ's body, you, with a harlot or a prostitute? Because, and, and in the same context, it's saying, because you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So what you're doing when you sin, whatever that sin would be, you're exposing the Holy Spirit. You're bringing the Holy Spirit right up close. Holy Spirit to something unholy. Did y'all hear that? Now look at me. That is why I can't watch some things. Nor can you. That's why I can't go someplace. That's why, nor can you. Can't do some things. Nor can you. I say, well, I can and I have. I know. And you know what you're going to start to do? You're going to grieve the Holy Spirit and you're going to callous yourself on the inside. And you're going to drain yourself of peace. You're You're going to start to live peaceless. Well, I didn't say it was going to all be fun tonight. Let's look, let's look at some other stuff here. Another consequence. It impedes our spiritual growth. Impedes our spiritual growth. A couple of verses here. First, first Peter chapter 2. Y'all still with me tonight? I got good news coming up, okay? Therefore, laying aside all, and here's just a partial list, all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. Lay all those things aside as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may what? grow thereby. Now, a lot of times we lift that part out and says you need to desire the sincere milk of the world word so that you can grow. That's just half of the equation. The other part is you've got to lay aside the other stuff. You've got to lay aside the Krispy Kremes. Okay. And then let's go on. Uh, next verse here in verse 11 it says, beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, that means we're traveling through this place, abstain from freshly, fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Whose soul? Your soul. And when we're partaking in sin, this is all motivate you to not sin. It actually wages war against your very own soul. And then, uh, and there's plenty on this, it invites God's judgment or discipline. Now, Hebrews is a heavy book, okay? And I'll just lift out a little bit out of Hebrews right here. Uh, God will, just like an earthly parent, he's going to talk to you and then he'll start to raise his voice and he'll get a little more stern before he spanks you. Okay? So God never just runs in the room and My brother and I used to be messing around or whatever, and I'd hear my dad coming down the hall. What was that? His belt coming out. 
And there are several times he just came in the room. He just knew something was probably happening. You know, it wasn't me, it was him, you know, whatever. Okay, God will do this first. My mom used to misbehaving at dinner with people. She'd reach under the table and pinch your leg. And you look back. We've tried it on our, on our kids and they go, ah, what's that for? But he'll, he'll start and he'll start soft. You need to be responsive to him. It's a good reason why you need to every morning get up and spend some time with the Lord and invite him. Lord, is there anything we need to talk about? Well, since you brought it up, I was going to, but I'm glad you did. You know, and listen, God's for you. You don't have to hide this stuff from God. You want to be free from this stuff. And God, God will help you with that. But I'm telling you a long time before you see God spank somebody and and listen to me, he will. Why did it get quiet in here? He will. He will. There's a chastisement. There's discipline and chastisement. There's several words in the Greek there and it's different levels. And so what we want to do is catch it early on the, <clears throat> okay? And you'll, you'll read that in your, in your peace meter as well. Let me read uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10 and 11. For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, parents. But he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Righteousness. Remember unrighteousness? Righteousness. Now, the answer, we've we've talked about the answer, and let me just go ahead and say this before we unveil the answer again here. The answer is the same answer. It's the same thing when you first came to Christ. What happens when a Christian sins? What do we do? It's the same answer that we had when we first came to Jesus. And the answer is right here. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. Everybody say the blood of Jesus. And 1 John 1, 7 says this. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I want you to read it with me. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Look at verse 9. If we confess our sins. Confess means to admit it. To admit it. If you admit your sins, if you confess, it literally means to say the same. To say the same. To say the same thing that God says about it. God, this is ugly and this is wrong. And if you confess your sins, it says that he is faithful And just, he's the only one qualified to do it, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we confess our sins, not make excuses for them, not deny it, not say, well, I must have been raised religious or something. No, there's part of you that's going to respond to sin because it it ruins and you respond to the Holy Spirit too. If we confess our sins, y'all better know this verse. Hello? You better know this verse. If we can, read it with me again. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Anybody glad about that verse right there? All right. Real quick. 
And I'm going to try to do this in just, just a couple of minutes here. I'm going to tell you how to overcome sin. I will wait and we'll do this next week. No, I was, I was going to do this. Uh, first of all, don't play with it. Don't go near it. It's a bad dog. Hello? Sin is a bad dog. Now, the devil's tricky. You know, go, this won't matter. This won't hurt you. And sin has, there's gateway sin. You can do, well, this is okay. And the devil will always do this too. He'll let you get away with some things. He'll make sure that you get away with a few things. And you'll ignore the, and then you feel like, see, it doesn't matter. It's not hurting me. And what he's doing, he's getting you a little further, a little further, a little further, a little further. Don't play with it. Don't go near it. This is a bad dog, bad dog. Remember this, what you feed grows and what you starve dies. What you feed grows, what you starve dies. Don't play with it. Don't go near it. Don't think, well, I'm okay to watch this, be part of this, go here, do that, whatever. No, you're, no, you're not. And, and out of the Proverbs, we, we get this principle too. The long way is better than the wrong way. Say that. The long way is better than the wrong way. It, 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 it lists an immoral woman and it says, you know, if that's what pulls on it represents whatever would pull on you. It says, don't go near a house. Don't go down that street. Find you another way. And I'll take the moment to tell this story. Years and years ago, first, early in the, the church, there was a, a, a single mom in our church that was really having struggle, lifelong struggle with alcohol. And on her way here uh, to the church, she had to pass ABC liquor. And she said invariably the light would be red. And she'd sit there and because of, you know, addiction, she would sit there and she said, it would just so pull on her. She'd go, I'm going to skip church and go in there. Or I'm coming after, I'm coming after church. It just pull. And then one, one sermon, I said, the long way is better than the wrong way. And she came to me like a week or so after that message. She said, you know what? You gave me my answer. She said, it, it, I'm trusting God for the extra gas. But I'm going a whole nother way. And you know what? Just stay away. Stay away. Don't play with it. Don't go near it. Second one is this, resist, resist, resist. Everybody say resist. Part of the way you resist is, it, is to ignore. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Hebrews 12, 4 says this. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. So we always say, well, I tried, I really tried. Give me a break. You all know. I, you know, I tried to resist that donut. How many of you know well, I'm talking about sin way worse than a donut, okay? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I try. No, I can't. I didn't try. Are, are you all with me? And there's something, well, you know, I'm just trying, but it just, it, this just overtakes me. No, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed. Striving, striving. Everybody say striving. Striving against sin. Let, let that motivate you a little bit. And this is a huge one here. Learn God's word. Learn God's word. I cannot overstate how important this is. This will, this will get traction in your life. And you can't even explain it. Look here in Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man or woman or anybody or an old guy, any old guys here, how can a, how can a person cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Look down in verse 11. Your word I have hidden. I have treasured. I've purposely placed in the right place in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your antidote. 
to sinning is hiding God's word in your heart. You've got to have daily exposure to, listen, don't get tired of this, daily exposure to an intake of the word of God. Well, I was at church Sunday. I'm good. No, this is like a, a, a nutrient that you've got to have. This is like a medicine that you've got to have so that you can fight this disease of sin. And you can't even explain how it will strengthen you. You know, typically when you, when you end up in the wrong path or whatever, I guarantee you prior to that, you, you're, you're low concerning your intake of the word. Promise you, promise you. And then pray. Next one is pray, pray. I mean, you know that God knows how to deliver you from, from temptation. Second Peter 2, 9. He knows, he knows how to deliver you from temptation. And then finally, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Everybody say walk. How do you walk? How do you walk? How do you walk? How do you walk? Huh? Walk in the spirit. Step by step. Day by day. It's a minute by minute thing. Are you kidding me? Minute by minute, day by day. Step by step. This is too much. Okay, go ahead and sin then. And let your life just come unraveled and keep getting bombed in the middle of progress in your life. I'm telling you, if you walk in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, responsive to, controlled, and guided by, the Amplified Bible says, responsive to, controlled, and guided by. So I'm about to get impatient, and the Holy Spirit is saying, don't, don't. Patience is a fruit of mine. Let me work that in. I'm about to get angry about something. About to get real distracted. You're lusting. You're thinking about stealing. You're, you're doing this or that. You're thinking about something really wrong. you responsive to, controlled, and guided by the Holy Spirit. You walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill what the, spirit, what the flesh is wanting to do. And let me just close this off tonight. Sorry I went this long. Actually, I'm not, but, you know. Uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, and we cited it earlier. For the wages of sin is death. The wages. There's a payday. And the paymaster for sin is the devil. And he'll make sure you get paid. The wages of sin is death, but, everybody say but. But the gift, and in the Greek too, the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, sin does not have dominion over you. But we still end up sinning. And the Bible says that there's not a person, there is not a person that always does good and never sins. It's just part it's part of what happens here. I don't want to sin. I, I pray every day, God help me not to. And how many of you know that usually before lunch, <laughs> confessing this, you know, and it's an attitude, it's this, it's, it's, it's what we would call little, it's big, it's something in between. Listen, sin is sin too. And there are sins with different consequence and reach in our life. But I'm telling you what, confess sin, known and unknown, get it out there, uh, Realize it does not have dominion over you, but, but please, please, and let me do this, and then, and then I want to wrap this up tonight. Listen, if you do sin, go to God. Don't hide out. It's kind of the nature of sin that you're going to go hide now. Pastor Heron talked about last night even about uh, blaming other people or hiding. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just go to God. He knows. He knows you did. And again, going back to 1 John chapter 2, John says, children, these things I write to you that you sin not. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation, the satisfaction for our sins. And not for our sins, 
only, but for the sins of the whole world. Amen? Problem is sin. The answer is Jesus. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this tonight? Thank you, Lord, for your blood.